how long were you on bed rest? It would be off and on, you know, you know, for, uh, I mean, my hands didn't work for around 15 days. And when the flickering came, you know, I could understand what life is. face challenges in life but how many of us don't give up but use these challenges to our advantage welcome to season two episode 35 of our podcast series with me today is akanksha agarwal akanksha is a poet author artist and a covid survivor joining us remotely from new delhi india today she will be sharing with us her experience as a covid survivor and her work journey and achievements as a housewife hello akanksha and welcome to podcast with Sheila. Thank you so much, Sheila. It's, it's wonderful to be with you and talking to you. Great. It's a pleasure to have you. We, I think we've scheduled this podcast recording for a while now, but I'm excited we are doing this because I've I always know. wanted to yes. do um, a story around COVID, somebody who's been through it and will be able to share the experience. So I'm excited we are doing right. this today. Let's get to know you a bit more. Tell us more about Akanksha as it was when you were growing up, life as it was in India, when you were growing up as a small girl. Can you share that with us just so that we get to know you a bit more? Yeah, yes, of course. So uh, I, I, I'm from, uh, you know, not from uh, Delhi, uh, from a town, a small town near Delhi. Okay. And um, my parents have been doctors. My father... Of a physician, uh, he was a cancer patient, and oh. it's been twelve years. He's not been with us. Oh. My mother is a gynecologist. Oh, she is sixty plus, oh. and and yes, I'm smiling because of her. I'm writing because of her. She is my strength in whatever whatever I'm doing, and I think I'm sitting here because of her. Because of her, you know want and desire desire for me to just get better better and better she want she wanted me back in in this life again you know she didn't want me on bed she wanted me that you know yeah. just you know get back on my knees wow bless her and bless you too so let's talk about your covid journey in in 2020 what what was it like? Because that year was uh, a terrifying year for all of us. Everyone, I think we felt the heat of the pandemic and we still feel it though, because it doesn't seem to have gone away completely. Um, I believe in India as well and in UK here, it doesn't seem to have gone away completely. So there's still that kind of um, fear. We, it looks like I never go back to what life used to be. So we just have to adjust and move on. But you have experienced it. You went like you went to the pains of COVID. Share with us how it was and the journey, your journey as a COVID survivor. Yeah, I mean, um, I want to tell you, I have kids. I have, I mean, I'm married. I I live in a joint family. So yes, the scenario is little. You know, it's it's wonderful being like this. 
in a family like this. So when my father uh, was COVID positive, so we took him to, uh, you know, we took him to Delhi. I mean, being a metropolitan city, we lived in a, you know, nearby Delhi. So that time, you know, maybe I, I then became COVID positive. I was quarantining. So, you know, after 10 days of me uh, being quarantined, you know, I realized that I was becoming weak, weak and weak. You know, while I, I used to go to the loo, while, you know, eating, you know, my hands would become, you know, you know no. it would be difficult for me to eating. Oh. And, you know, yes, lifting my hand and, you know, walking. My, it was it became difficult, difficult day by day. Okay. So, but the doctors couldn't understand anything. Whenever I would go to the doctor, he would say that, you know, it's from here. I would say, why would I do that? You know, even I want to stand like you, be like you, walk like you. Yeah. Why can't yeah. I do that? Yeah. What is the problem? Yeah. Then, you know, um, you know, they did all the, you know, the, the investigations. Every investigation was fine, perfect. Then the neurophysician was called and, you know, then, you know, my limbs were checked. Okay. So there was this problem, you know, neurological problem in my body going on. And that is why, you know, uh, I, you know, my grade of limbs had gone down from, you know, from five to one. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just go like this, 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 slowly, slowly, you know, holding my husband or, you know, with a stick or something like that. And then gradually I, I came on the wheelchair also. Yeah. And uh, so first it was my legs that were not working gradually with physiotherapy I became better and then suddenly one day my hand stopped working you know so it was very terrifying it was like you know it was I mean I was uh, like a dead meat on bed it was like that well I don't know from what we heard in the news a lot was people who couldn't breathe properly because they said the respiratory something had to do with the lungs and all that but it looks like what you're sharing with us is a bit different like your limbs were not working was it that the blood was not able to flow through it what was happening Did yes. Work? Oh. yes the blood circulation was not there my my feet uh, my feet nails had become all white oh. and uh, oh. I mean that is why I couldn't walk I mean yeah. physiotherapy was done I was there for a wellness center for around 15 days to detoxify my body. Everything was done. I mean, it's been a year, uh, you know, and now I have a new avatar. You can see that. I mean, it's yeah. different now. How long were you on bed rest? It would be off and on, you know, you know, for, uh, I mean, my hands didn't work for around 15 days. And when the flickering came, you know, I could understand what life is. Yeah. What every body part means yeah. to you. Exactly. I mean, not using your hands is like, yeah. I mean, people are just helping me out in each and everything. Eating, you know, going to the loo. You can't help yourself while you're shitting. Can you imagine that? Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're just like a zombie standing or sitting. 
and you you being helped by people and i think they were god helping me all this would be a very terrifying I... moment yeah because it's something very new to you you somebody who is capable Absolutely. and able i think i think new for anyone i mean it was it's a new uh, life for me exactly. i can't think about this i mean for anyone who who's heard about me or who knows me who loves me they just say that you know this is a new avatar of yours now just live your life now just do yeah. whatever you want to do yeah yeah because we've got just one life isn't it and it looks like sometimes i think sometimes as human beings we don't cherish our life so much or we don't really see the essence of life no you know what uh, one thing that just popped in my head when you have something in abundance you don't value it it could be anything yes. you don't value it that much yeah. until when you're actually losing it it's like let me use money as an example when you have money in abundance you don't really value it you get it but when you don't have a lot of it then you want to save the little that you have you want to take care of it and it's like that like our lives when you know that i think covid taught us a lot of things that was when people started taking their health seriously, exercising a lot, because most of us weren't exercising. Like for me, I wouldn't exercise because I'm not the exercise type. But COVID taught us how to take care of us, ourselves, how to make sure we have enough rest and all of that. So I think that when we go through a situation and we see that something that we have could be taken away from us at any time, when we come out of that situation, we take care of it properly. We have to prioritize our health and our family, you're right. You're right. How did this impact on your family? Because I know that you're a housewife, so the children are with you all the time, most of the time. How did uh, what was it like when they saw that mom was not well? Firstly, my kids were shifted to my mother's place. Okay. You know, I had, I had to. I mean, you know, because I have other people around, you have to take care of them also. So my kids were shifted there, and yes, they knew that I'm not well. they were they were you know given that balm to them that you know that mom is fine and she'll yeah. be back soon yeah. and uh, i never did any video calls with them no messages nothing because i was scared if they would you know talk to me or yeah. see me they would just you know yeah. um you know uh, you know get have tears in their eyes and you know i won't be able to resist myself exactly so yes i was away from them and um my family has just played the biggest role they have been like a i mean they were everything for me they have done everything for me i mean yeah. they were around me 24 hours helping me out in each and everything made me my husband my mother in law my father in law my sister in law my brother in law who just i want to tell you that just passed it's been 6 months due to covid he passed away oh dear that's been the most terrifying thing that has happened in our family and we are not able to come out of it it's been bad but yes life after covid has just you know toppled like a you know i mean i have no words i mean i i'm getting emotional, emotional. but, but um, life has been really difficult let me from, ask you, uh, let me years. ask you one thing um 
you know, life before COVID, the way you felt and life after COVID, are they the same? Because when I had, when I had sepsis, I was very strong, like inside of me, I, feel, I can say at that point, I can say at that point before sepsis, I would say my health was around 95%. But after COVID, even though I'm healed of it, I think my health is around 70%. So in this case, before COVID and after COVID, do you think your health is the same or your, the strength you had before then has reduced? You're not that strong like you used to be. You know, I think I'm becoming better. Okay. I'm understanding how I have to live my life. Okay. Firstly, you know, how I have to live, that is, you know, meditation, yoga, positivity yeah. is very important. I think um, Reiki has played a really, uh, you know, uh, important role in my life. I mean, I have a guru now who helps me out with those powers and an energy to just fight back my emotions, okay. my negativity. Okay. I mean, it's played a biggest role in my life. Those affirmations are like, you know, God to me right now mm -hmm. because that is the strongest power I have. You know, the, the affirmation that I do for myself yeah. every day. That is the most, you know, uh, that is a strength for me. Yeah. And yes, second is the food that I eat. That is very important. You know, I have become very choosy. I have, uh, you know, stopped, you know, milk products, you know, that they were causing problem to me. Oh. You know, I'm trying to be vegan. I can't be, you know, I've come on coconut water and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. I have uh, left wheat, which is very, very I mean, the most common thing in India, okay. I mean, I mean, wheat is like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm trying to, you know, um, change your lifestyle, you know, transform myself in a better person. And yes, and yes, I have become independent in my thinking also, you know, you know, I want myself to be, uh, you know, I mean, the importance is me now. You know, yeah, yeah. Me first, and then everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm, I'm fine, fine, then everyone would be fine. Fine. If I am not fine, then no one can be. I think that is an important. I, mean, I can't. Uh, yeah, it's an important anyone. point you made over there. That you first, and then everyone else. Because if you don't have the strength enough um, to take care of you, then you definitely don't have the strength to take care of anyone else. So it has to be your your health first, your well being first. And then everyone else, yeah, 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 that makes a lot of sense. I think I read from your story write-up that whilst you were um, on bed rest, you were still writing and you wrote a poem. Mm -hmm. And yes. you had an interview whilst you were on bed rest. Was this, yeah. this was a radio interview or a TV interview, what was it? Uh, I think it was a... Uh... It was a radio interview, which it I was a radio interview. Do you remember the poem you made for that radio interview? I I would I yes I remember because you know I was going for the MRI. I was lying on there on that machine, and you know I could think you know that I'm just over, mm -hmm. but the love 
all my uh, well wishers made me breathe again something like that yeah so you know it was like that it was magical it was something different different the mri machine i think that that is another scary machine i've been in it well i say twice i was supposed to go in it once that was when i was sick with sepsis and i think um i couldn't see properly so they wanted to check my head to be sure if everything was all right there so they put me in the mri machine and you know the way you said is as if it was over and that was how i felt going in it for the first time. I think when I shared this experience with somebody, they've been in it a number of times. So they didn't see anything wrong with it, but that was my first time I was going into it. And for me, it felt like a coffin. Absolutely. It's like a coffin. And, you know, I've been on a, on that machine a lot of time, but you okay. know, when you cannot walk, you cannot use your hands, you know, yes. it's like, you know, shifting a dead meat from here and there mm. here and there yeah. yeah 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 and you know seeing yourself being pushed from here and there is like a you know is very depressive very uh, that right. state that state you are in you were in i think i was in a few bits of those states there and i i, I tend to kind of um agree with you on certain terms the way you you felt when you were there no because when i was put in that machine trust me i was screaming my head out so and they wouldn't let me out either because they said once they set the machine yeah. on the radiations and everything in the room if anybody comes into the room to stop it the person is going to get hurt or something so i have to let the process carry on and just that alone because they could talk to me in the machine so i hear them so I was telling them, get me out, get me out. And they said, you have to take your time. We can't come there now because the, the machine is emitting a lot of radiations. If anybody comes in, the person is going to get hurt. We have to wait for the machine to shut down properly before. And I just couldn't stand staying in there. I thought okay. I, said I was going to die. And that is so true, pinch, pinch. No, it's not, it isn't a good experience at all, if anybody asks me. But if that is the only thing you have to do for you to get health, then you don't have a choice. Because I think that I said I didn't want to do it. And they said I'll have to do it again. So they had to cancel me, let me know it's normal to go in there, there's nothing wrong. But, but you know the thing I was asking them, if they were telling me that if it's dangerous for somebody to come into the room whilst the machine was on, why am I in there? Then it means I'm not safe. You get it? Because if that machine is that dangerous for anybody to come in because it's emitting a lot of rays and all that, why am I in there? So all of that kept playing in my head and I said, oh, no, no, I didn't want to go in. But finally, they made me go in there um, the second time. I think I got my husband to come and stand outside. So they got another machine that was not as strong as the first one. And my husband stood outside the machine i don't know bless him i hope i trust god that he's okay because the way they said the thing was emitting a lot of radiations but he had to be there outside the machine whilst i was inside to be sure that i'm safe and i'm not dying so i can make i can resonate with you a lot on that point how many books have you written so far because i know you're an author as well yes, yes. so i'm on my second now Great. What was the first one like? Share with us what it was like, the story of the first one and how people have accepted it since it came out. Um, truly speaking, I have uh, been 
very very uh, you know grateful to all the you know people who are reading it because they are just loving it like anything and i think the topic being love and romance and rejection oh. Oh. it's like you know they just you know they can just connect you know yeah and yes. the the title being the secret in my blood oh. and i have the content inside saying ovulating in emotions bleeding in love and fertile to fly so it's like you know you can connect you know yeah if you're in love with someone you start ovulating in love you know yeah. then you bleed in love and then finally you know you want to fertile to fly i mean you can't just resist yourself so i mean any person on this earth would go f- through these parameters and fulfill their wishes or whatever so i think it's been a amazing journey with this book and i'm getting wonderful reviews and i'm so so uh you know thankful to everyone you know akanksha as you were talking about love love is a powerful word you know because as you were talking about love the glow on your face the joy mm-hmm. on your face it is so infectious from where you are there because you can see that suddenly my face was also you know yeah 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 it brings energy it you know your 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 uh, you know your your hormones become you know very positive yeah. there's this uh, energy that you know energy gain in your body that happens yeah. and then i feel like writing yes and and you know i just love your ambience where you're sitting you know the the oh. leaves there the clock there and you know i just feel like writing something oh, please do please do and when you do yeah. share with us please do i mean i'm just loving the way you're sitting everything and i love the way you're dressed up everything it's it's perfect you know i'm thank just you. loving it thank you very the much the walls and everything it's it's amazing <laughs> thank you thank you very much thank you very much thank you very much do you have a poem you'd like to share with us one of your favorite poems of all times you'd like to share with us okay. i would love to <laughs> was it his smile or her imagination that tended her heart to melt the ocean of her wanderings was immeasurable her eyes always soaking for his presence in her fantasy her eyelashes wet as droplets drooping as raindrops her lips starving to express the oozing emotions her dreams wrapped in his memories her vision blurred beyond his name her gray hair an indication of longingness her chapped cheeks sign of wanting him desperately will he ever embrace me kiss my forehead i think it's that much there's a question mark yeah this is lovely this is like i think so what kind of books do you write do you, do you write romance yes i think actually it's a poetry book right okay okay it's but it looks book. like it looks like you do well with romance you write it because you i can I feel have. the passion as you way you know yeah yes yes so i'll not be i love doing voice overs oh, i love doing voice overs so yes it's one of my favorite i do voice overs of my poem oh. so yes 
Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. There's something you said too. You said, if you want something said, ask a man. And if you want something done, ask a woman. Why did you say that? So I think that is acceptable because, you know, woman is the person, you know, who can go through anyone, you know. She can do the task. Men would think, think and think and, you know, I think they would come to the woman and say, please get it done. Yeah. It's kind of that. Yeah. So I think women are... Um, doers? They have that doers and yeah. power magic, you know. They have yeah. that wound yeah. that would just get things done. Yeah. 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 I think the place of a woman is very special. And I just, I don't know, but I believe that we, we know our power and our essence as women. And what I'm saying is not the power as to lord it over men, not at all, but our uniqueness as there are saying things that women can do that no matter how hard men try, they cannot do it. Going And that's a beautiful thing we have as women. It is, that does our power. I think that's our strength. That's a unique thing God added to women that I think we have to cherish so, 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 so well. Oh my God. Absolutely. So, I know you're a housewife, but you do other things on the side. And I know that being a housewife is a full-time job for me. I have two children, but sometimes it's as if I have five of them because they're hands full and my children are very energetic. And you know, every time they're asking something because they've seen something and they're coming to ask you, what is this mom? What is this? Giving them answers, asking you questions, trying to challenge you. No, I don't think you're right, mom. You're not right here and all of that. You know, aside the house chores and everything. How do you do it as a housewife? How do you do it such that everything is in place? It falls in place. You know what I mean? I think family is my priority. And, you know, um, answering their questions is the most important thing that I have to do in life. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, respecting my family, respecting their, uh, you know, their emotions, that is the priority. And after that is my work and my dreams. And I think working on that balances everything. You know, yeah. when you know your priorities, you know that you have to fix that first and then come to other things. Other things. Then it works out, you know, it works yes. out. It does. So yeah. my work is not my priority right now because I have small kids. Great. I have my family to look after. Yeah. But yes, I know back of my mind that, you know, when I'm finished, I'm not finished completely. I have work to do. And that is my work my personal work that comes after my family so it just you know yeah it you know round the clock it adjusts and you you'll be able to do it you know move on like a cycle and yeah it works like that i want us to draw emphasis here on something that you just said and i agree with you 100% completely i think that over the over the weeks, well, I say four weeks, I think four seasons back, some of them I'm yet to show. I've recorded them already, but I'm yet to put out today. And I think four or five seasons back, if not more, we've talked about the stories that came up, made us discuss um, children who don't receive the best of care 
or attention when they are very young and um, the effect is hard on them. And I'm going to give examples here. Some, some of these children were in quotes neglected at birth. Some of them were abused at birth by parents. And um, I think that sometimes as parents, we get so busy because there are the bills to pay. So we need to keep working, 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 working. And sometimes we tend to push the children on the side. But there's one thing that you said here that is making me draw emphasis on this, which is your family should be your priority, especially the children. Because it's when they are very young that they have a tender mind that something little makes a big impact on them as they grow up. That is when we have to be focusing on them at that age when they are very young. But when we allow work to take the better of us, because when we keep working and keep going all the time, we get tired. So by the time we come home to attend to their needs, we'll be too stressed. So the little thing they come to us with, they will be screaming at them. And I realized from interviews I've made that all of those screams, the shout, the none of attention we give them, if we don't give them enough attention, it, it affects them growing up. Because some of I mean, us have shared. I think I'm interrupting, but I would love to tell you about this, you know. Yeah. I've learned from this from my mother. Yeah. She being a gynecologist, yeah. you know, yeah. she has worked 24 hours mm -hmm. every second delivering a baby. Yeah. But while when she would come back home, she would never throw her tantrums of she not, you know. Yeah. Of she being in stress, maybe in depression, maybe tired, mm -hmm. maybe maybe she she would want to be with her husband, or maybe she want would love to you know uh, take a shower or something. She, yeah. The priority would be she would be with me, ask me about my school, my education, what I've eaten, how I've how I've been the whole day. I was with the maid, so how did it go? How how well did it, she be with me? Yeah, you know. Yeah, every each and everything she would ask me, and I never felt that yeah. that she was not with me. Yeah. I would be with her, you know. She would go for the deliveries and everything. I would be with her sometimes, you know. Mm. I have just you know heard those noises of pain. Everything every second I've I've heard that yeah. because my mother always wanted me around. You know, she knew that she would be for work which I was always around and she would take care of me. Being a doctor, being a professional woman, yeah, she would take care of everything, you know, everything. So I think I've learned from her about that. And I think every woman, you know, True. would yeah. accept this, that, you know, family and, uh, you know, children are the most important uh, you know, uh, phases of our lives. Exactly. And we need to respect it. We need to protect them. We need to, you know, nourish them with good education, with, I think, goodness of everything is required that time. Yeah. So that is the most important th thing rather than, you know, thinking about me, me and me. Exactly. Exactly. You've made you've made a very important um, point over there and the bit that you shared about your mom. It, it means that we have to make time for everything, equal time for Absolutely. everything. I think 24 hours are enough for any person. 
You know that you just mentioned about sacrifices as women, and I think it's very, very important because some time back I was talking to my husband, I was saying, I wanted to go and do a second degree and all that, but my children were very little and he was saying, you have to let these children grow up a little bit because you, before you think of developing yourself some more. And at that point I was telling him that, well, I had a life before the children came, so I cannot put it on hold that was my mind then, but he had to educate me and tell me that, yes, you had a life before the children came, but the children are here now. So you have to make your life around the children, meaning Absolutely. some of the things that you want to do, you have to put a hold onto them, yes. And then when they, yeah, before yours will come in. And I think that makes a lot of sense when you sit down and you think of it, because how was I going to be able to help them when I have my thesis to write, when I have lectures to go, when I have this and that, that wouldn't be enough time for them. And that is going to impact. So these on are the sacrifices and compromises that you make to build up a exactly. child, you know, good person yeah. in, you know, yeah. That is, this is so important. It is, it is, it is, it is. And I, I pray that we see it because I think the world we are in now, we are in a fast world and um, the world has become very technological, if I would say. So sometimes we are influenced by so many things which are not right. But if we look at our parents' age, where they didn't have the things we have now, like the technology, the computer, the this and this, those things didn't influence their thinking. So they had the yes. purest of heart, the purest of mind. When they were doing something for their children, they did it wholeheartedly. And there was time. People were not rushing anywhere. These days we are rushing to, nobody knows where we are even going to. Absolutely. We don't seem to have time for anything. And especially for these children, we don't seem to have time. And when I think about it, I tell myself, these children didn't ask to be born. They didn't tell us to give back to them. So why is it that they are here and we cannot dedicate our time to be there for them, you know? And it's it's mind-boggling and it's, it's a worry for me. And I believe for a lot of people as well because the children don't deserve the kind of things and sometimes they are subjected to. I feel the same, the way you're thinking. And, uh, you know, I, I've become so emotional thinking about this because... I think we both are on the same road. Age, yeah. I mean, yes, and um, you are absolutely right. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say right now because you've said everything, but uh, this is, it is so important to, to be grounded and to understand what is required at that point, point of time, you know? Yeah. You, you know, you know, may any technology come, yeah, but you can't become menial or narrow-minded because of that. Exactly. You have to be grounded. You have to, you know, know what your priorities are. Exactly. Exactly. I think you and me understand it really well. Yeah. 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 Let me just check this in. Yesterday, just before I went, I went to, I watch opera a lot. I try to, oh, yeah, I watch, I, I I watch yeah. And I watched one of her episodes where she had brought in abusers. Were that abusers? Yeah, abusers, like 
men who had defiled young girls and children as young as five-year-olds. And she, the men volunteered to share their stories, why they did that, why they abused the children, and um, also tried to share lights on what parents should be watching out on as signals of somebody who is a potential abuser or um, is, is a, somebody who would abuse a child, you know, in that sense, some of the things we should, warning signs we should look out for. And these men, all the things they talked about, uh, they look out for children who are not outspoken. So children and children, most of the children who are not outspoken are children who are um, being abused at home or children who are not loved. So they are afraid to talk publicly. They are always cowed and shy. And so they know those children. So when they see a child, if a child is outspoken, that child is not their target because they know that if they do anything yes. to that child, she's going to tell. So they will not go there. So they look for those children. And most of the children don't have love at home and they don't get attention. So when they give the children attention, then the children get to trust them. So they look for children who can trust them easily as their target. So some of the things they were talking about. And when you look at all these things, they also said, there's another point they emphasize that most children who are abused, are, the abusers are family friends and relatives. 90% of children who are, have been abused close ones. Are, are, close ones. Yeah, are close ones. It's only 10% that are strangers, like people from outside. So they are within. And you realize that all this stems from parents not having time for their children. Because when you don't have time, you're sending them, them off to night out. You are giving them to your neighbors, your friends, take care of them from your house to go to work quickly, come back, all those things. And um, when the children are coming to you, I don't have time, you're pushing them away. Then the children cannot trust you enough to even share anything with you as a parent. And they feel they are not loved. So once they go out there, they are looking for an uncle, an auntie, a cousin who is ready to give them, in quote, some kind of fake love, which is not right. And that is where there is trouble. So, yes, yeah. and nowadays being social has become the priority, you know. They just want their kids to be alone and, you know, they just want to party. They just want to, you know, I mean, it's become a different scenario now, Yeah, you know. Yeah. So kids also like being alone. Parents like to enjoy themselves, you know. So the lobbying is there, yeah. but that's the worst part. It is. That is when we all open ourselves up to danger. And then when the child is abused at that age, she's scarred in her head and in her mind. And it affects her growing up. You know, Absolutely. all of these things, I think as parents, we have to be very, very, very watchful and mindful of. You know, we sometimes overlook them. Okay, I'm going to leave. I'm leaving my child with this uncle for just two minutes. I'm stepping out to buy milk, to buy groceries and come. That two minutes can do a lot of things to the child lifetime. So I think some of these things we just have to watch. Yeah, we just have to watch. And we can only emphasize as much through podcasts, through these things, like little bit of things, hoping that somebody will at least hear it and get the wake-up call and know that, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to be doing this. You can't, these days, you can't trust people enough to leave your children with them. So I'm excited that you, you expressed here that family is your number one priority as a woman i'm excited yes i want to say i want to say to everyone don't be quiet yeah 
be confident to just yeah. say whatever you want to. Yeah. You have the right to talk. Yeah. 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 Silence doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. There's there's a saying in my local dialect. If I think if I say it, a lot of people will get confused, but it's just like what you just said that if you are quiet about your situation, you don't get help. But if you voice it out, then you get help. So there's no point being yeah. quiet. Yeah. You have to talk about it. Whatever it is, just talk about it. Say it anyway. Nobody so what is your greatest wish of all time? I would get my father. Oh, great. What makes you happy? Seeing my kids smile. Oh, beautiful. Do you believe in miracles? I am a miracle myself. I have seen miracle on myself. So there's not bigger miracle than me so yes i absolutely believe in miracles Great. what is your mission in life missions are never accomplished mm -hmm. it's only you know just let your emotions out let people know yeah what you have inside you Mm -hmm. and let people connect with you. I think that's the best part of being, at least me. I want to connect with the masses all over the world and, you know, enjoy their thoughts with mine. That great. would be best. Great, 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 great. Your favorite phrase, if you have any. Uh, I, I I love this, you know, I don't know why, but silence speaks louder than words. Oh, that's a beautiful one. Finish these sentences. I will love to be in your place. <laughs> Great. I will forever treasure my father's pen. I pray to talk to my father's. I cannot. I cannot live without my family. I love them too much. Beautiful. I believe I'm the greatest strength. What will your final message be to our listeners as we wrap up? Believe in yourself. Love yourself. Live your life. Count your blessings. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. God is the most important. Yeah. Value your emotions, yeah. value your family, yeah. and be yourself. Just don't, you know, screw yourself because of someone else. Okay. Just be yourself, mm -hmm. be confident to rule the world. Good. Okay. Where can our listeners connect with you? Um, I'm on Instagram. Great. by the name of Wonder Tales and um, I would love to connect with anyone Great. and if Great. I think it's been a very insightful episode and I'm excited if for nothing at all at least we had today that we have to cherish our lives we have to be confident and be ourselves we have to speak out and that is when we we'll always get help and we also ultimately 
have to use, have to pick our children as our first priority or as our ultimate priority and then be there for them at all times. Thank you very much, Akansha, for coming on podcast with Sheila today. So much, Sheila. I love being on your podcast. Great. If you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 35 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. Whilst at it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Until we meet again. Have-